Look, the knowledge that we have about COVID is that uh, it thrives in small spaces. How can football be super spreader? Big questions, even bigger guests. This is The Big Interview. Good day and welcome to the SL Podcast. It's now been a year since we entered into lockdown in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. It's been a long and hard year in which we had to adapt to the new normal. And so we saw it fitting to invite South African Football Players Union President Tulakanyo Khaushubelwe to the show to discuss the PSL's response to the COVID crisis, how the players have managed over the past year, as well as other issues impacting football, such as the Black Lives Matter movement, equal pay for women, and more. I'm your host, Slu, and this is The Big Interview. I'm happy to be joined on the line by the president of the South African Football Players Union, Tulakanyo Khaushubelwe. How are you doing today, sir? Slu, we could be better. We are okay. Uh... You know, doing everything that we can to stay alive. Uh, so I've seen the South African Football Players Union take a stand against discrimination. You know, there's the Black Lives Matter movement happening um, on all fronts globally. Um, so how much would you say discrimination still affects local footballers and what's the importance of this movement to you? Look, uh, thank you very much, yes, Lou. And I think you're raising a very important part because I think discrimination affects us differently. Uh, a, a black man in the U.S. sometimes is uh, denied an opportunity uh, uh, to practice what they do best, their work and so forth. Uh, a footballer in South Africa might not be able to kind of like play or play their trade and play football. They only give that they have uh, simply because there's no access to that. But uh, in our view, Part of the discrimination comes when it comes, when, when 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 you talk about issues of sponsorship and so forth, mm. because sometimes sponsorship discriminates in terms of where they want to put their money, and by so doing, you know, they uh, they do not uh, assist in promoting the development of the game and so forth. So these it's uh, it's from a resource point of view where we would want uh, previously advantaged sponsors and sponsorship, you know, to participate fully uh, when it comes to the previously disadvantaged sports and so forth. So we are not going to be quiet until such things are addressed. We are not going to be quiet when uh, a black person also is discriminated or women are discriminated from playing football. I mean, one of the things that in terms of this discrimination, we are trying to move towards the issues of equal pay. Even before we get to the issue of equal pay, uh, I think one of the fundamental issues is to have issues of better resources for women mm. so that whatever happens they are then able to you know uh, 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 play uh, the best uh, possible football that they can under best possible conditions and so forth so discrimination in so many ways uh, that we are currently dealing with as, uh, as, as, as an organization uh, you raised a very good point about the issue of sponsorship and we, we saw the impact of COVID last year uh, certain teams lost sponsors. But uh, a question that I have for you is, uh, do you think that there's a bit of a discrepancy between how much um, football um, 
gets sponsors uh, sponsors in this country as compared to say cricket or rugby and particularly you know it's it, the black community supports football the most but yet cricket and foot uh, cricket and rugby seem to get a lot more attention in terms uh, of sponsorship uh, would you agree with that or is that kind of the perspective you have Look, this is very simple in our view, that uh, uh, football, which is a previously disadvantaged sport, they do not get uh, the necessary support that they they, they deserve. Uh, Most importantly because when you go and apply for sponsorship, when let's say you go to all these uh, uh, corporates, who sits in the boardroom, who makes decisions, uh, what what kind of background are these people coming from, Slow? You know, now if you come to me, and you say, uh, I, 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 I come to you, Slu, and I'm saying, Slu, I'm Tulahanyo. I am from a small community uh, somewhere in Gauteng, and this community wants to play sport and so forth. Can you sponsor? You may not understand what I'm talking about because you are not really exposed to what I've been exposed to. Now, when you go, until such a time that we are able to change these institutions as well and participate fully, and to a larger extent, get government intervention in terms of making the, you know, leveling the playing fields for us, uh, such that, you know, the issues of sponsorship, we should not be struggling, really, when it comes to issue of sponsorship. When people come and invest, there should be a particular text, which is something that we really need to sit and talk to at some point. But having said that, we strongly believe that the those who are making decisions are the ones, you know, who would uh, decide... Uh, you know, that, and those who decide that uh, sponsor A must go to cricket sponsor, A must go to sports, they really need to be transformed as well. And we need to participate in those structures. We need to be part and parcel of that. Only then will we be able to uh, get what's rightfully ours, you know, in terms of sponsorship and so forth. Yes, I can say without any fear that, yes, indeed, uh, we are being disadvantaged football in particular, uh, women football. Uh, in uh, uh, at most, uh, you know, uh, they've been disadvantaged when it comes to the issues of sponsorship and so forth. Now you find us fighting for crabs to say, okay, there is this little. How many? When you look at uh, maybe franchises at the uh, rugby rugby le- I mean rugby level or cricket level, you'll understand that and you'll get to realize that just one franchise sponsorship. It's so it's it's bigger than or not even closer to whatever you'll be getting in terms of football collectively. So that cannot be uh, the thing and 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 be addressed. And one of the things that we are of course also talking to, which you know creates a bit of a problem, is that how you do you then balance that which uh, and in terms of sponsorship by televising games and so forth, but at the same time ensuring that you are not going to hurt. Uh, the players in their pockets because when you take the rights of the clubs as well or, or the league uh, to negotiate with the other sponsors and, and it becomes a bit of a challenge you know in ensuring that we have all those resources and so forth so we're hoping that issue of sponsorship must be open for discussion it must be debated there must be a blueprint in terms of what needs to happen so that we know that this is what needs to do and this is what we need to do also who are we targeting in terms of addressing all these uh, fundamental issues, because without any capital injection, any resources 
we are just there uh, dreaming. It's a pipe dream. Now, you mentioned uh, women's football in particular. And when you see Banyana Banyana stars making it big in Europe uh, and local women's leagues getting more attention, um, are you optimistic about the future of the women's game locally? Do you think there should be more eyes um, on these leagues and that there should be more t- t- uh, TV spots um, g- given to these uh, to these stars? Because, I mean, uh, from Milan to the uh, Spanish La Liga Women's League, you know, these, these, these women are making a big, big impact for their clubs. Um, but it doesn't seem to be getting enough traction. Now, are you still optimistic about the future of, of the women's game? Look, we are very, very optimistic about the future of the women's uh, game. We believe that uh, there's a whole lot of good that's coming our way. And I think I'm saying this not because I'm thumbsucking what I'm saying, but on the basis that we've been part and parcel of the uh, discussions at the level of FIFA uh, with FIFA, you know, when it comes to women football, especially on the continent, as to how do we formalize. We now know that there are money that would come. Uh, from FIFA, you know, coming to the association, and that money uh, specifically would be intended for women's development. We need to sit down and tap into that space to say, once we do not have other resources, but with the little resource that we have, what is it that we need to do? Uh, we were very happy when the league started uh, about a year ago until, you know, COVID uh, stopped everything. Uh, but we are still engaging in those discussions to say, we want to see football being better. Instead of having 12 streams, how do you then enhance all the opportunities so that your girl child, my boy child, uh, somebody's girl child, somebody's boy child, they grow up together and knowing that they can do what God gave them, you know, uh, without necessarily the other being disadvantaged simply because of issues of resources. We're hopeful uh, that this thing will happen. And one of the fundamental issues, of course, that we're doing is to organize women as well so that they are able to have that voice. You know, they are able to stand together and say, you know, enough is enough. These are the things that we, we, we need to be done. We cannot have a situation of women struggling in a country where we've agreed that uh, there must be 50-50 in terms of representation. There must be ILO, the International Labor Organization had said, we must push towards, you know, uh, equal pay and all that. And yet women, you know, our mothers, our sisters, our gogos, they still, uh, uh, you know, getting uh, far below what is acceptable in terms of that. So we are hopeful and we will continue pushing this better. And we're hoping that with the, with Captain the new in, and the new uh, incumbent, or with the incumbent or the new uh, president, would then be able to uh, take us to where we want. We are engaging, of course, as well. I mean, from the level of people on the continent, which one is a, a member, is a, is, a, is, is a member of the board, uh, we are doing everything in our power to engage with engage with the previous administration or the current uh, administration would be out court come the 12th of March. But there's been a lot of uh, inroads in terms of what needs to happen. How do we empower women? How do we ensure that football is played better on the continent and so forth? So that everybody else is then able to give uh, the God-given talent. So we are very hopeful and we're hoping that whoever will be coming through, uh, they will, at the center of their dream and at the center of their um, uh, manifesto uh, in football would be the stakeholders themselves, the main stakeholders, the key stakeholders, the players and so forth. So that it's all about that we develop the players, we develop the game, 
such that it favors those that make you to be what it is today. Now, I have to ask you lastly about one, the COVID crisis and its impact on players and also um, the, the issues we saw with player salaries not being paid a couple of months ago earlier in the season, which you guys helped to mitigate in a way. So firstly, with the COVID crisis, um, how do you think the PSL has handled the situation that, uh, now that we're a year removed from uh, lockdown starting? And two, in terms of the players in the league, how much has COVID and the scheduling impacted players, uh, particularly uh, uh, around, you know, situations like the Kaiser Chiefs we died debacle and, and, and travel and fitness being affected. So one, how has the PSL handled the situation? And two, how are the players holding up? Look, I think credit must be given away to you. I mean, the the league, uh, firstly, when this thing started, I think sometime back in March uh, 2019, uh, yeah, uh, the, it was 2020, last year, March. We held a meeting with the, with the league, even as a key stakeholder. We set out, we expressed our views because we're dealing with issues of protocol to say, what is it that needs to happen? What can be done? What should be done? And indeed, we found each other. We agreed and we, uh, uh, I mean, we're party to all those discussions. And uh, credit to the league to say, indeed, under typical circumstances, they manage at least. Mm to stick to uh, minimum basics that we would have agreed on. Importantly, uh, the sponsorship, which is a DSTV, did not uh, cancel the, uh, the, the, the grant, which you know, assisted the players. However, it must be said that there would have been those clubs that wanted, of course, to cut the players' salaries, that cut the players' salaries, others cut the players' salaries. But upon us engaging with them, they then changed and they understood that, yes, we do understand that there's a problem here. However, we also understand that uh, the DSTV and so forth, they have not really cut the salaries. But there was pretty much issues of an, uh, uh, having to have a dialogue and talk about issues, sometimes very difficult issues. But we had to be honest with ourselves, honest with the clubs, honest with the players in terms of what we need to go. And we can at least say that uh, we've weathered that uh, a particular a storm to a larger extent. We, know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, you would know that, I mean, just uh, the other day, it was sold. Uh, the, there was an issue with TTM. TTM got sold, you know, because of all those financial issues and stuff and all that. And we're hoping, but in the big scheme of things, uh, that everything else would be okay and the players, you know, would uh, be the beneficiaries as well. But to the extent that, uh, players are affected. Staff will always be there, uh, pronounce and represent the interests of the players and uh, try and find a lasting solution for our football because we are not against anybody, but we are for the rights of the players and we are for the development of football uh, in this country. And we believe that together we've got a role to play and we can make a huge difference uh, whether there's a pandemic or no pandemic. As long as parties and stakeholders come sit down and talk and be true to their word, we'll be able to find each other. And uh, lastly, um, I'm not sure how much information you would have on this. It's, it's a, uh, obviously up to the Ministry of Sports, but um, what's your outlook on in, in terms of, now we're back to level one, but we still can't go to stadiums. Um, do you think that uh, there's an opportunity still for uh, the country to, uh, to do what maybe the UK did and have limited uh, seating available? Um, have there been those conversations? Because obviously we still haven't seen fans back in stadiums since last year. So um, what your outlook on that even if you don't have outside information 
Look, the knowledge that we have about COVID is that uh, it thrives in small spaces where there's, uh, you know, a lack of uh, uh, proper ventilation and so forth. And you know that they say when you're in a small space, we know that uh, it, it's because it, it, it's, it's really amazing uh, that uh, you'd have uh, uh, clubs and everybody. It's good for those people to work because, you know, the impact, if they do not work, it uh, impacts their uh, livelihood and the economy. But equally so, uh, we believe that supporters can be allowed to go to the stadium. The stadium is too big. You can agree in terms of the numbers. You can, uh, of course, keep your own distance in terms of here is the distance and so forth. But most in the UK, you can see that it works very well. Uh, we must not create, you know, exception that says a uh, football is a spreader. You know, is a huge spread because that's the what the unfortunate uh, consequences are, or you know what is being insinuated in the in the in the main to say. No, footballers are super spreaders. How can football be super spreaders when they have got a space for them to sit on the left, I mean, to, to have enough space in between themselves as opposed to when you are seated in an enclosed, in an enclosed environment and so forth. And we are pushing for that, of course. We've been in touch with the uh, supporters of South Africa uh, to say, how can we help? How do we raise that? You know, uh, because... We think that uh, football, you know, uh, is football uh, we, with, uh, with its supporters and so forth. And we should start moving towards uh, normalcy in relation to uh, players going back to, I mean, uh, 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 supporters going back to the stadium and so forth. So our view is very simple. We believe that uh, supporters must be allowed. It must be a limited number, uh, a manageable number, and see how best we can deal with all other issues. Because all sectors of the economy have opened. Those Magogo that sells and they must go there. The players uh, must then be able to have the necessary support that they receive as well. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining me for the big interview. Uh, South Group President Tulakhanyo Haushubelwe. Uh, have a fantastic day, brother, sir. Thank you so much, Lou. The Big Interview is a team effort driven by the following individuals at DSL Podcast. It is hosted and produced by Slu Paho. It is edited by Aidan Hewitt with graphics provided by Nino Segalei. Brought to you by Sokola Duma.